Good afternoon. It is Wednesday. This is the 573 report on powermazoo.com. I am Gabe DeArmond. We will bring Mitchell Forty in momentarily uh, to talk about, well, there's a football game this weekend. <laughs> it will be a football game for at least a few minutes. We will break down Missouri and Georgia. We will talk about all the issues surrounding the team, and we will take your questions on the 573 Report, which is brought to you every week by 573Ts. You can find them online at 573Ts.com. There is a run on Thicker Kicker gear the last couple weeks. You can find that there. You can find some PowerMizzou.com gear. You can find all kinds of Mizzou gear. A couple nice articles written in the last couple weeks. Uh, on 573Ts and their efforts in NIL with Missouri, a longtime partner of ours. And um, they have helped us out, and we hope in some small way we have helped them out as well. We now bring in Mitchell Forty. This is the show where we break down all the valuable information given to us by Eli Drinkwitz yesterday and um, tell you who the quarterback is and all the other things. Right, Mitch? We've we've got all that, don't we? Yeah, if it's going to be a short show, um, <laughs> we, we know that Mizzou is not going is going to show up and play. They're not going to quit. They're not going to forfeit. Uh, that was Eli Drinkwitz's main message yesterday, that Mizzou is excited as crap. Uh, I don't know exactly, as you put it, how exciting that is. I've never been that excited it, by it, but you know, I, that's apparently a good thing. It and, could depend on what kind of crap, how excited it is. I don't know if there's a difference in, you know, the the level, depending on the source of the crap, but. Yeah, so, and then, uh, and yeah, they are, they are not going to just let, uh, you know, concede defeat. They yeah. will play the game. So, we don't know who will play, who will play quarterback. Um, we do know that Georgia's defense is very good, and that's, that's about, oh, and they have to, and Mizzou's defense has to stop the run. Yes, um, that is a that is a uh, an evergreen statement. So, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you decide where we start here. Whether we start with the quarterback stuff or whether we start with the idea that Missouri is going to go ahead and show up and play a football game on Saturday. I, I mean, I guess we'll start with that because that's yeah. you know uh, doesn't have anything to do with who's playing quarterback. Yeah, right. I mean, like you know, I, I credit Eli Drinkwitz for saying that, right? You have to say that. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just that he said it; he went out of his way a few different times to be like, "Look, no one's given us a chance." And and Steve Wilkes said the same thing. It was clearly kind of the message of the week: like, no one's given us a chance. We, you know, that that uh, you always have a chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't really think they have a chance. <laughs> like, well, right. I mean, they. They probably don't have a chance, but by the same token, like they play Division One football, and Georgia sure. plays Division One football. The idea that this is the equivalent of like, you know, Lindenwood coming and in, in playing Duke in basketball is mm-hmm. frankly insulting. Um, yes, no, you know, right. and and like I. I don't know. I want to be clear here. I'm not calling out anyone in particular. Like, far be it for me to insult other people who do what we do. And I have asked my share of awful questions over the years. Like, I, I'm, I'm in no way saying that. But I don't, if I were Eli Drinkwitz during that press conference yesterday, at some point I would have looked and said, look, guys, I've got a football team. And we're going to go ahead and show up and take our shot. Like, Georgia, this is not, 
I don't even think Georgia is the best college football team I've seen in 10 years. This is not 1995 Nebraska. You know, they, yeah. they're probably going to beat Missouri. But this idea that I, I, I thought the best thing he said, this is why you come here. You come to Missouri, you come to Kentucky, to South Carolina, to Georgia, to Alabama, wherever it is, you come here to play number one. The, I, I got the impression during the questions yesterday that like, oh my God, it says number one next to their name. What are you going to do? I mean, Alabama was number two last year and Missouri showed up and played them and they weren't significantly worse than this Georgia team is. Well, they're probably, I mean, better. I mean, maybe Might not have at been, that time, yeah. but that, that Alabama team was, was probably, right. I, I would say, less flawed than this Georgia team, as good as this Georgia team has been. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I agree. And, he, you know, you have to say that stuff. And, and you, you have to believe that stuff. And I do think he believes it. I think that's the team's mindset going into this week is, yeah, hey, let's give it a shot. You know, crazier things have happened, which is true. Um, I also think that, yeah, I mean, just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to, you know, say, give anyone hope and say, yeah, well, right. you know, Mizzou's playing about backup quarterback and they're going on the road and they're playing the best defense we've seen in at least 10 years and maybe ever and they haven't shown up and given a, another power five team other than Vandy a real you know game in a month so like I don't like their chances but yes I agree the, the one thing you know what was one thing I, I thought when I was listening to Drinkwitz say that yesterday is I wonder if this means he coaches a little bit differently than he did against Texas A&M and, and right. it could you know it might not matter like right they may, it may just they may just get blown out of the, the place right away and never have a chance but like I'd like to see him take some shots, mix some things up, you know, do do throw some wrinkles at them, be aggressive, you know, like it, it may I, blow back in their face spectacularly, but they're probably going to lose either way. So like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I don't know that I have anything specific in mind, but yeah, if you have a fourth I, down on their side of the field, you better go for that. I have something specific in mind. I said fourth and less than four, I would go for it every time. I don't care yeah. if it, you're, if you're their 17 or your 17, I would go for it every single time because I think this is a situation where Eli Drinkwitz can win some people back. Uh, that I don't want to say he's lost, but you know, some people that might be on the fence. Like, I, is there a difference between losing thirty-eight-seven and sixty-four to three? I mean, I guess, but not really. So, yeah. and that was, I think that's what you're talking about. He coached the Texas A&M game to not lose 56 nothing. Like, there's no question that's how he coached that game. And so, go coach this game. Just, like, look, we're probably not going to win, but I believe in my guy. Like, I'm going to give my guys a shot. And I know to do that, we have to do crazy things that might not make sense. And so if you're facing fourth and two for your own 29 on the first drive, just go for it. Because the truth is, if you punt it and Grant McInnes gets off a 70-yard punt and pins them at the one, Georgia might just run 99 yards on the next play anyway. That is true. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Like, I, I'm not advocating for full uh, – what's the Presbyterian coach's name? I don't know. The guy who – uh, Kevin Kelly. Yeah, Kevin. full Kevin Kelly. You I, know, am, I actually am advocating for that. Okay, I'm not saying quite that far, and I will say like Georgia, you know, is 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 gonna want to. It's not not a team that you necessarily want to spot points because they, you know, are not the most explosive offense ever. But yeah, no, I agree. Like, take some risks, do something, do something to to yeah, show your guys like, hey, I believe we have a chance. Let's 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 try to win the game and not get blown out. Um, so yeah, that was my thought while when he was saying that yesterday. As I wonder if we will see that in action. Coach the game like you coached the LSU game last year. Exactly. Right. I, I mean, that was. 
flea flickers all over and 70-yard passes to dudes we'd never heard of. Go do that. Blitz every down. Like, literally put 11 guys in the box and dare Stetson Bennett to beat you. I it, it, I, I mean, because he will, but yeah. take a shot, right? Make him prove he can yeah. do it. I'd much rather have that than just watch Zaire, uh, uh, Zamir White run for 42 yards a carry. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually do agree. I think that you put every available body in the box and maybe even line up a corner of a receiver on the outside and then have him go into the box after this ball is snapped. <laughs> right. Like, just, seriously. Like, we are not everything. covering this guy. If you are able yeah. to get the ball to him, great. But we will not cover him on this play. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Might as well, right? Yeah, I mean, what's it going to hurt? Again, so it, I actually do think, though, this is legitimately there's nothing to lose for Missouri. I mean, oh, yeah. if they get beat, and we'll get to the quarterback situation in a minute, but if they get beat 58 nothing, literally everyone expects that. So what? But if you somehow manage to find a way, and I'm not even talking upset, because that's, like, that's a little dumb, right? Uh, but just if you find a way to be in the game in the third quarter, which almost nobody has done against Georgia. I mean, Kentucky, like, a little bit was in the game. Clemson was. Uh, but but outside of Clemson, nobody really has done that. If you just do that, you've gained a modicum of respect that you didn't have going in. Oh, guarantee. If if it's a one score game, like you know midway through the third quarter or something like that, I mean, like the tenor of the post game will be like moral victory stuff, which I kind of hate, but it, I would understand it somewhat in that situation, just because yeah. yeah, everyone expects you to get blown out. You you know maybe get blown out especially, and I'm transitioning for us here, learning from the best. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have Connor Bays like a quarterback, which yeah. uh, I don't know for sure, but it kind of looks unlikely. I'm pretty sure. Um, we, we, Garrett Dollins makes a good recommendation. Make the safety move before throwing him the football. I feel like Garrett is uh, the noted show critic of Connor Bazelak, so <laughs> that's a fair criticism this week. But, okay, so let, let's get to the quarterback stuff. And Eli Drinkwood said exactly what we knew he was going to say on Tuesday, right? I'm not even interested in talking about what he said about the quarterback because as we were leaving media day, I said, yeah, he said nothing, but go ahead and write a story that he said nothing, and you did that. Um, I would posit that if Connor Bazelak was playing quarterback, we would have been allowed to watch practice yesterday. If Connor Bazelak was practicing and there was a chance he was going to play quarterback, we would have been able to watch practice yesterday. Yes, 100%. Yeah, that's the type of thing where some, when something changes like that, you're like, okay, well, something must be different. Right. And what's probably and different, the starting quarterback's probably not practicing, and he, he doesn't want to, people to know who's going to start if he doesn't play. Right. And, it, like, I give him credit. He is better at dodging questions than a lot of coaches are. Um, you know, but, like, he was just flat-out ass. So, or, you know, I, I asked the first question about Bazelak, and he brought up, like, well, we have to see how practice goes. And I was going to ask it, but then credit to, I think, Matt, Max Baker, who said, so are you saying you believe that Connor is going to try to practice this afternoon? I'll talk about the injury report on Thursday. In other words, no. Connor Bazelak, yeah. I, it, look, I, like we're not reporting anything. We're not breaking news because nobody's told, the, told us this. I'd say there's about a 0.2% chance Connor Bazelak practiced on Tuesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's almost no way practiced. I think that, you know, maybe there, I, I have no idea what the injury even is, but maybe you right. could be holding out. Hope, it, it, like, it's okay, a soft you know, tissue gonna... injury. I don't know if you heard, but soft tissue. <laughs> 
Right. By the way, the brain is soft tissue. Like, we have no idea. I don't even know what part of his body the injury is on. No, I don't either. I don't even really know what constitutes soft tissue, to be totally honest. That's just kind of a me thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I would not – maybe there's a chance that it's one of those things like, all right, where, you know, we're just going to see how he feels on Friday. Maybe we'll try to get him some limited practice or, you know, let's, we'll see how he feels in warmups. But I would, I would be willing, I would be comfortable putting money on the fact that he will not dress at Georgia. Yes. And so then we get to the real question, which is, so who is going to start? And that question for me was answered about 10 minutes after the Vanderbilt game. When Eli Drinkwood said the decision to play Con or Tyler Macon was quote situational. Um translation, the situation was that we wanted to run the ball, and I believe Tyler Macon to be a little bit better runner than Brady Cook. So we played Tyler Macon. Had the situation called for us to throw a pass in any form, we would have played Brady Cook. Fair? Probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we can't say for sure because it didn't transpire, but yeah, I mean, the fact that he, I I don't know if you know what this show is about, but we just say things we can't say for sure. Right. Or at least I do. I don't know if you do, but. That's fine. Yeah, I, just, I need to be a little more, uh, a little more direct, but a little more outlandish. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I agree. Like, uh, I obviously he he stopped short of naming Tyler Macon the guy, and he you know left the door open very much a couple times yesterday for Brady Cook to to be the guy, or for both to play, which I kind of yeah. think will will happen. I think yeah. that Brady Cook will probably start, and I think that Tyler Macon will have some series, and that if one of them suddenly it looks a lot better than the other, he will play most of the game. But, um, it, you know, it, it even even was interesting where, you know, Dave Matter asked just kind of a, a benign question about Macon's development. And, and he, you know, he didn't take the opportunity to, to really gush on. Now, he wasn't overly harsh. It wasn't like anything. I'm not saying press the alarm bells. Macon's going to transfer anything like that. But he said, look, he, he doesn't really know the playbook right now. That would seem to be an issue for a starting quarterback. So, yeah, I, I, I would anticipate that uh, Brady Cook would start and Tyler Macon would get some series, assuming Connor Baselight can't suit up. Yeah, it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see if Macon plays. Because um, I am fairly confident saying I think Brady Cook's going to start and Connor Baselight's not going to play. I'm less confident than you are that we see Tyler making it all on Saturday, simply because, uh, you know, again, the way Drinkwitz said what he said, and I give him enough credit that I believe he is smart enough that he doesn't ever say anything for no reason. You know, like, he doesn't ever say anything and then get back from his press conference and think, oh, that's weird they're interpreting it that way. That's not what I meant. Like, I think he knows what he's saying. And when he's asked a very open-ended question about Tyler Macon, and he says he's not quite as far along as far as reps in the scheme and knowing the playbook as you would like, that's telling to me. And it's not telling in that I... Look, I'm not writing off Tyler Macon. He could start for this team at quarterback next year, and it would not shock me. I just don't think it's going to be this year, and... So I wonder if the four-game thing does come into play. And, and look, I understand the questions, and I understand that Eli wasn't going to answer them, but I do think you have to think about, okay, you've got South Carolina next week. That's winnable. You've got Florida, who frankly may have quit in two weeks. That's not unwinnable. And you've got Arkansas, who might be coming in here at five and six, and that's winnable. So given all that, 
if you want to play Tyler Macon in two games and only two more games, maybe this ain't one of the two. Yeah, and yeah, it's a, a few different things there. One, um, just to circle back to your point about not writing off Macon, I, I think that's an, an important thing to say. You know, like the, I just, the hype around him has just gotten to be too much. It's gotten yep. to be unrealistic, and I get it. You know, the starting quarterback struggling. You've got a guy who got all this hype in the recruiting process, who you were familiar with, who's got four stars next to his name, who's an elite eleven guy. You want to see what he can do. I think it's okay to admit that without suddenly saying, well, he's the answer. He's got to be the answer because we, we need him to be the answer. And I just want it to be true. So I'm going to will it into existence. Like, I, I think that's unfair to Tyler Macon, um, you know, say expecting him to come in and be a, a significant player or starting quarterback as a true freshman in the sec after he didn't play football as a high school senior is like very few people could do that. Very, very few. And like I saw the argument, well, Caleb Williams said Caleb Williams was the number one recruit in the country. That's really different. I, I, I was ha- I was proud of my point. And he also has a better offensive line and far better receivers around him than Tyler exactly. Macon would. Yeah, he's throwing to other five star dudes and he's not yet. Yeah, he's got a better offensive line. But like, yeah, like you don't have the same expectations for the number one pick in, you, in the draft as you do for like the number nine quarterback taken in the draft. No one says, well, since Joe Burrow could do it, Jake Luton could do it. Like, that's just, it's just. I'm a, I'm a big, got, I'm a big, what was that guy's name? Jake Luton. Yeah, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, I just I, I I'm not trying to write Tyler Macon off, and I I don't think anyone should. But by saying that, like I think the simplest explanation here is that he's just not ready yet, and that's okay. That's okay. The other thing, yeah, the redshirt thing's an interesting question, and looking at the rest of the schedule, I think is a reason to not rush Bazelak back. If you truly believe he's the best option for this team, and he's not playing at a hundred percent. And he is struggling maybe with some confidence, which, you know, can't say for sure again, but it, it's kind of looked like it to me. I would not want to put him out at 50% against Georgia to get maimed. Um, you know, especially when you have some games coming up down the stretch, you could say the same thing, like you said about Tyler Macon, where, yeah, maybe if we're going to need, you know, need to, to, to supplement the, you know, offensive game plan with some of him, we, we wait to do that. So there's, there's definitely a few things to consider. I don't think I, I just generally think that the explanation, the simplest explanation is probably the most accurate one. And it's not there's no conspiracy theory. It's just that Tyler Macon is a true freshman who didn't play last year, who's not quite ready to start in the SEC. Right. And Connor Bazelak is a guy who, if he was healthy, would start, but is very unlikely to be healthy enough to start, which leaves us with Brady Cook, unless you believe they're going to go Tommy Locke, who <laughs> I'm guessing no, um, you know, but uh, Kyle does have a question. And, and if there's there's a few guys watching here live, if you've got questions, feel free. We got a few minutes left after this, and we'd be more than happy to to take your questions and go any direction you want. Um, but Kyle says, do you think Drinkwitz is hev- hesitant to move off Basilac because he doesn't want to have two QBs possibly transfer? So... I mean, and and again, we'll give credit to Dave Matter for asking what I thought was a, a really good question yesterday, which is, do you have to handle quarterback a little bit differently in this day and age? And Drinkwitz didn't exactly answer the question, but the first thing he said was the most revealing, which is, and the, the most accurate, which is quarterback is different than every other position because only one guy plays, right? Um, so... If I'm guessing, Missouri is going to probably have a quarterback transfer this offseason. And it is going to probably have another quarterback transfer next offseason. 
I mean, I have said since the day Sam Horn committed, the reality is that him, Tyler Macon, and Brady Cook, in all likelihood, two of those three do not finish their careers here. I mean, that's just like looking at it logically. Yeah, yeah, no, I, th- I agree. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, you, you do have to treat quarterback a little bit differently. And, you know, I, I think that that I, I think that his way factored into Drinkwood's maybe at times not, you know, at the end of those blog losses against A&M and Tennessee, maybe not putting a, another guy in there because he doesn't want to necessarily say like, OK, you're for sure my number two and have the other guy be like, wait, what the heck? Maybe that that's, you know, I, I that's about the only time I can see it. But like, you know, with how I don't I don't think that that necessarily impacts how he's approaching this Georgia game. Yeah. And there is um, it, the one thing that he said on Tuesday that I actually liked more than probably anything else he said. And it's going to take me a minute to find it, but I, I'll give you the gist of it. And then we'll let, I'll let Mitch kind of react and then I'll find the exact quote. But he basically said, you can't run a program scared that the players are not going to like the decisions you make. So by that, by pointing that out, and and look, coaches lie all the time. Maybe he is lying here. But I would hope that the coach of the University of Missouri is not making decisions on his depth chart and on who he's going to play based on well, this kid went to this high school and I need a relationship there and and all that. Like, that's one thing that I understand why people think it factors in and I'm not positive it doesn't factor in, but I hope it doesn't factor in. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that just like if you're a good enough recruiter and the guy we think drink with this, like your relationship with a high school coach or with other prospects should be built on that. It's not it has nothing to do with like, you know, oh, look at this other guy. Like, I mean, you can maybe mention that in the process, but like you should have a relationship to the point where, you know, if it doesn't work out for one guy, the the coaching staff trusts you and understands you enough to say, okay, well, here, you know, here's why it didn't work out. We understand that, you know, these things happen. We'll wish him the best. Maybe Mizzou can help him out and, I don't know, finding a new home or something like that. Again, not pushing anyone out the door. I'm not trying to take this analogy too far. But, yeah, that's absolutely the way you have to do it. You can do little things sometimes to to keep kids happy and, and, you know, to not – Uh, put too much strain on a relationship that doesn't need it. You know, like, you you know, I'm sure there's ways to, you know, coaches maybe have to correct kids and talk to them differently than they did in the past. And, you know, maybe include them in various things outside of game day that, 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 you know, helps keep them happy and stuff like that. But when it comes to the 12 on the field opportunities you have a year that dictate whether or not you keep your job, no, you, you can't, you you know, you, you just can't coach that way. Yeah. And, and so here's the exact quote. He said, um, Every decision we make in regards to who we are and what we're about is what is in the best interest of our football team at the University of Missouri. And I try to operate with that every decision I make from personnel changes to players to uniforms, everything. What is going to be the best for our football team? So I don't really operate out of a sense of fear. How is this going to affect one person? How is this going to affect the team? And if our team is not the right fit for everybody or for somebody in the locker room because of that, then all power to them, bless them, wish them well on their journey. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Basically, uh, in earlier there, he said, uh, he said, I don't think you can operate a program based out of fear. I don't think you can operate a program based out of fear of what players on your team are going to do if they don't like the decisions you make. 
You have to make the decisions that are in the best interest of your team. And there are, except we understand there are certain situations that, yes, maybe other things go into it. But ultimately, and it's why pretty much every question that we've gotten, not just about the quarterback this year, but like I've been doing this 18 years, and everybody, every time somebody says, well, why isn't this guy playing? Because the coaches think somebody else is better. They Eli Drinkwitz gets paid $4 million a year, and I would assume he is doing everything in his power to continue to get paid $4 million a year. If I got paid $4 million a year, the last thing I'd want to do is not get paid $4 million a year. And the best way for him to do that is to not put the best guys on the field. So, again, back to what we're talking about. If Tyler Macon doesn't play this weekend... It's because he doesn't think he's the best guy. And that doesn't mean he can't be wrong. But, like, he gets paid $4 million to make those decisions, and you and I get paid far less than $4 million to sit here and talk about him on the Internet. Yeah, and he has access to a lot more information, seeing as he is their head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterbacks coach. (laughs) Uh, I I agree with everything you said. I did just want to add that I kind of think if you got paid $4 million a year, the only thing aside from not getting paid $4 million a year that you would probably look into is getting fired so that you could then not work, but still receive that $4 million a year. For $4 million a year, I would not be doing this show. hundred percent guaranteed. So, all right, we're going to do kind of rapid fire here. Um, uh, we got a whole bunch of questions while I was on my rant about why Tyler Macon might not start this weekend. So, um, Okay. I don't know what this is about. Maybe you did. Someone has to ask, did you see the LB tweet, which I assume is Luther Burden, and does that indicate more St. Louis guys? Do we have – the only thing I see is a tweet from Luther Burden that says, I swear the city minds. Now, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what that means. Like, I I don't know. I I don't – that's not – I don't know. Maybe there's a different LB. Maybe we can get some clarification there. But yeah, I don't know what what's being referred to. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I I don't know. So uh, okay, Jim Bob says did Drink said that Macon is such a hard worker. If he works so hard, how has he not learned the playbook yet? Is the jump from high school and a missed year that big? I mean, to the second question, yes, it's huge. Quarterback at East St. Louis versus quarterback in the SEC is almost not even the same sport. Um, yeah. That- that's kind of the point I was trying to make earlier. Like it's okay for a guy to not have picked up the playbook right now. It it says nothing bad about that player. It is very normal. That's why you don't see a lot of true freshman starters at the power five level. Yeah. Um, Darren Nick says if, and when things get out of hand, how long do you play Tyler Beatty? You can't get him beat up in a blowout. Can you any chance of the last three games or I don't, that's actually a good point. Um, if this game's over eight minutes in, and I'm talking like 21, nothing mid first quarter, I'd be real tempted to say, you know, Tyler, I know you want your shot, but maybe your best shots in the last three weeks, and maybe let's see what Michael Cox or B.J. Harris or somebody else can do. Yeah, that's a tough one as a coach because, yeah. You, he you, wants to you know, play. Like we just said, you don't want to give up on a game too early because you want to try to, you know, make decisions to try to win. You also, yeah, you want to put your, you know, your best player on the field, and he probably wants to play, but I would – Especially after half, I'd play in the first half like normal, yeah. no matter what, no matter how ugly it is. If it's, you know, a 30 point game in the third quarter, I think I think if if he's really making decisions in the best interest for the team. Yeah, I think I'd say, yeah, it's time to throw yeah. in some other guys there. 
Um, Tyler Beatty's too important. I mean, we, we've seen it. I mean, at least Drakewitz thinks so because he gives him the ball every play, and I'm not blaming him for that. Like he's, right. the, he seems to be their best player by far. So yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think you can, you can risk it if it's a, it's a if it's a blowout in the second half. Harrison Mevis objects to that statement, but yes, other <laughs> well, than hopefully Harrison he won't Mavis. get hurt. And I mean, if, right. if the kicker gets hurt in this game, something went wrong. Big problems. Uh, Brett Stevens. Hopefully, they'll try a Steelers style fake, uh, fake field goal. <laughs> Brett Stevens says, do you think they would pursue a grad transfer quarterback? back to bridge next season depending on how Macon and cook look uh you get a grad transfer quarterback you're gonna have more than one transfer out here i mean yeah i sam horn is not coming here to watch them recruit a grad transfer connor Bazelak ain't coming back next year to watch him bring in a grad transfer yeah i agree i, I think that i think if you run a grad transfer you, you're pushing Bazelak out and i don't think they want to do that yeah um if a coach plays one guy over another based solely on where he went to high school, that would be the most St. Louis thing of all time, and he would be deserved to be fired, said Brett. Jim Bob. I posted that originally thinking there was going to be a question in there. It was just a statement. So, uh, more power. Uh, okay, do you th- uh, Okay, there's another question about the grad transfer QB. Um, Cam says... If you're drink, you got to see what you have in Cook, see how he does against Georgia, and then decide if Cook or a playbook limited Macon gives you a better chance in the last three. I got a wild scenario. What if Connor Bazelak's healthy in two weeks? Like, he's the <laughs> starter. I mean, right? It, it, now, there, so somebody asked me this in the mailbag. What if, whether it's Cook or Macon, whatever, they play and look, like serviceable against Georgia, and then Bazelak can't play next week, and that same guy goes and beats South Carolina. And then Bazelak's healthy for Florida. Does he just get his job back automatically? Uh, that's a good question. It, I, I think I would have to use use the eye test a little bit there and see. I mean, is he, you know, making throws we haven't seen? I mean, against South Carolina, because I think it's possible Mizzou could beat South Carolina. I'm not saying South Carolina is a pushover, but it's possible Mizzou could beat South Carolina without playing significantly better than it did on Saturday. Like, South Carolina is nothing special. They could give the ball to Tyler Beatty 39 times and have a quarterback make a couple nice throws, throw a pick. I mean, like, you know, if if but if if the said quarterback is, you know, I mean, looks really good, isn't making mistakes, is making throws we haven't seen, then, and, you know, gives the offense some noticeable juice. I would be okay with it, but it's just, I don't know. I'm going to quote Eli Drinkwitz here. We're dealing with hypotheticals. Don't have time for that. We're worried about George right now. <laughs> yeah. We're worried about blocking George. Excited. Davis. We're excited as crap, though. Uh, yeah. Garrett, Garrett explained his Luther thing. It means he runs the city and people are following him, I would assume. Many comments under it made it sound like he was pushing others hard to Mizzou. I mean, Luther told us the night he committed he was going to recruit hard for Mizzou. If that means people are following him and they have commitments, I don't know that um, at this point in time, but uh, it's certainly possible. Edmund says, uh, Mitch, I think this was directed to you. Your analysis is so negative. Why anyone still listens is unreal. Incredible comment from someone who's clearly not listening. So thanks for not listening, Edmund. Uh, that is that is fantastic. Um, well done. I don't know. Yeah, I've been feels, too negative. It feels like a good place to end. All the people who are listening don't know why anyone is listening. So um, I don't know. I'm not listening. Are you still listening, Mitch? Uh, hardly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go interview some players. Uh, Thanks for listening or not listening, whatever you guys did. Um, Mitch, thanks for talking and not listening to me, and we'll see you in an hour. Sounds good. All right, this has been the 573 Report. If you listen to nothing this entire time, listen to this. Go to 573Ts.com or 573Ts location between 9th and 10th Street in Alley A 
in Columbia, Missouri. Pick up your Mizzou gear, your Royals gear, your Cards gear, your Chiefs gear, your Blues gear, your Power Mizzou gear, your NIL gear, whatever it is. Go to 573Tees to find it, 573Tees.com online. Appreciate those guys for uh, being a part of what we do every week. And once again, appreciate you guys for listening or not listening. We'll talk to Anthony Dasher from UGASports.com on the opponent preview show tomorrow. And we hope you continue to listen or not listen to that one. Thanks, guys. We'll see you then.